You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. And as you can see, sorry, sorry, well, yeah, you know, uh, time decides not to show up all the time. He's he I don't even know what to say. Like, let's see. So far this year, I'm going to say he's probably missed 45% of the podcast. Wow, 45%? Are you going to really give him that much? Yeah, I don't know. That much? At least that's what it feels like in the last four months. First of all, I'm not going to let you... I'm not going to let you deter me from doing my intro. Okay. It's your boy Cinnamon here. We're back with another episode of Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. Woo, fellas, fellas, fellas! (laughs) <laughs> or fella should i say correct correct used to be fellas yeah with whatever we can get consistent we will be and we will we'll get there i got a question for you gary okay. i have I, I and and it's been a while since we talked about what we did this weekend but i gotta tell you what i did this weekend gary i watched the new remake of hellraiser and after watching the remake of hellraiser it it reminded me, even back in the days, what the hell is the plot line the Hellraiser? Like, what is the? I I don't even know. Like, where do they come from? Like, I don't. I have no idea what the storyline is to Hellraiser. I don't understand. After watching the remake, I was like, okay, they get the box. I understand the box. I've always loved the symbi the. I can't even say it, but I've always liked the people that so pinhead chatter. Yeah. I, I've always liked the characters, but like, the, there's no backstory, Gary. There's no, it just happens. This is like Pope Fiction. Is this like the Pope Fiction of horror movies? I would say no. I would. So, did you have you went back and watched the original lately? I I, I have not went back and watched the original because I was so confused with the remake. I was like, there's no way. That the remake, and I would, and, and you know, when you've watched old movies before, you try to go back and you try to uh, remember them. They're com- they're quite different than how you remember them. So I'm gonna have to go back and I'm gonna have to watch the remake. I mean, uh, the the original. But I'm asking you, as a horror movie fan, what is the storyline to Hellraiser? Because I don't think it has one. So the original had a little bit of a storyline this one dove into a lot more backstory and tried to explain more things for better or for worse who knows uh that's for everybody to determine i'll give my input later um so the original was more of a i guess like it wasn't somebody spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen the new hellraiser we're going to spoil things so feel free to turn it off or fast forward um the new one, they try to do a lot of backstory and they make more of a, a reason for the box. The original, there was no real reason. A guy just bought one, brought it back, and accidentally things happened. It wasn't like a on-purpose type thing like it was in the new one. It was a whole different dynamic. But the whole thing with Hellraiser, the original, they are the bringers of pain. They live off of people's pain and torture. And that is the whole purpose of Pinhead. To, to bring pain and to torture you and basically bring you to their level. And as you see in the new one, there's more than that that goes into it because they do more of a backstory. And 
I don't know if I liked it as much. I want to get your input before I start giving my input on everything. But so well, you haven't seen the original one in a while. When you go back, I think I things will make uh it does it still it doesn't won't make, make sense as because, much sense, but it'll, it'll nah, be like, Gary, uh-uh. it'll it's twenty twenty two. I need a backstory. In twenty twenty two, in today's times, if you don't give me a backstory on where it come from, how it got here, and why it's doing the things that it's doing then the plot line and the storyline doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, Gary. Like, I don't have to go back to watch the original to know that nobody knows where the hell the box came from. Correct. Nobody knows why they're the bringers of pain. We know they're the bringers of pain. Why are they the bringers of pain? Yes, that's who they are. So for the last couple of years, the, the most villainous of villains... And my man, the Joker, has never had a backstory, but now has a backstory. So if the the guy that's never had a backstory before, Gary, gets a backstory, then it's Let's damn clarify. well time for hell. Has, has Joker had a backstory? Yes. Because yes. at the end, Joaquin we don't. Phoenix did a do we, great job but now, no, There's rumors. Yes, that's how he was created. Now, we don't know for sure. That could be the Joker, or it could be a not the real Joker that turns into the Joker later. So we don't know as of yet. Until they make a sequel, they turn him into the actual Joker. We don't know yet. I'm just Is saying. that what you're doing, Gary? Uh, Is I that what you're saying? doing? It's a okay. movie. Right. We got to build it up. I'm just saying the Hellraiser made no sense, Gary. It made no sense at all. So we don't know where the box come from. We don't know why they're the bringers of pain. We don't even, and, and so this is my understanding, Gary, because I do remember this from the old Hellraiser. They would take people, they would take these hooks, they would rip them up, and they would also turn them into who they are. And then they would now in turn do the same thing to other people. My question to you is, in the remake, they did a great job of explaining that in terms of, you know, turning people into uh, to what they are, and then they go out and they're one of them now. Um how do they convince them to do that, though, is what I'm saying. Like, why? Who was the people before? Pinhead obviously was a regular, normal guy. Like, you can give us a backstory and how they came to life. I need I need all the backstories of Pinhead, Chatter, Fat, uh, Butterball. I need, I need all of them. I need all their backstories because they were all normal people in the normal world at some point, right? Based off this new remake, they were all normal people in the world, even based on the original. So why, if that's the case, you could give me a backstory here. You could give me one. Well, they, they they try to a little bit in the in the towards the end of the original. They give you a little bit of the backstory when Pinhead gets because they're from hell, so that's where right. they're from. So when they get sent back, it's more of like people over uh indulging in the pleasures that they're given that's basically how things are happening how why they're coming to do what they do if you're overindulging in your pleasure well they want their pleasure too and that's where a lot of that stuff originates from the original and brings them but my question to you with the hellraiser what did you think of the new actual hell hellraiser now you can't say pinhead because they never said pinhead in the movie so, no, they, ne- they never said Pinhead. And and what I thought was really interesting is that Pinhead was a woman. Yeah, I don't have uh, a problem with that. I, I don't have a problem with it at all, but I I, I, I like the, the, the play, though, because 
uh, it could be anybody. It's a character, not necessarily a gender role or or anything like that. So I think the character chatter, great job. I, I don't remember seeing Butterball though. Uh, well, uh, I feel like the Cenobites in this one were not as terrifying as the originals. Not I also they, didn't get the menacing threat from Pinhead that you saw in the original because Pinhead was more hands-on with the yes. Cenobite. This one should, should did nothing. And they never mentioned the name Pinhead, which that bothered me because Pinhead is a synopsis of a character. Yeah, you know by what they look like, but they never mentioned the head and or who he was or who they were. And it just wasn't as like, I guess... I wasn't as fearful because because she didn't do anything. No, she, she didn't. didn't look, she didn't look yeah. like very menacing to me. She didn't look like terrifying like the original Pinhead did. And I think that's probably the biggest thing for me is the, the characters didn't look as scary as they looked in the original, in my opinion. Okay, so I'll tell you what I think I like about this new remake. Uh, and you can help me with this. I'm not really sure in the original if they explain the different configurations of the box. They had different. There was only one. Right. So I like how they explain the different configurations of this box because you knew, hey, the next configuration is is them and 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 she, the pinhead or. Uh, I'm gonna call her Pinhead. Yeah. She was like, "Hey, you can get whatever you want after lithium." I think was the last one, uh, um, and you can have whatever you want. And the lady was like, "Nah, I don't want anything," and kind of threw the box down and like walked off. Uh, so it was very interesting how, like, up until she had to make that decision, she always wanted to get her brother back. Like, "Hey, I can get my brother back and get my brother back." But as she was going through it, she understood that like all the gifts that the box gave came with the curse. And she was like, nah, I'm cool on that. I don't want that curse. Like, nah, I don't want nothing. I've seen your your games when you give something. Because when you give something, you take something much more valuable than what you're giving. I understood that. That's That goes back to the whole greed thing and all that. But give me the damn backstory, Gear. Why can't I have a backstory? I think like with Pinhead, I think the whole aspect is I also do like the aspect of not knowing what they are and who they are and what they're doing. I, I know what they're coming for, but like why why are they doing it? What but it all it all tied to this puzzle. And that's the thing. Literally, that box is their power, basically. If nobody touches the box, you'll never see them. But again, there's always the greed, which is what in the new one builds the Cenobites. In the original, it had nothing to do with the thing. If somebody had the box and they thought it was cool and turned it, well, they just unleashed a whole Hellraiser. They unleashed everything. It wasn't about getting the power. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. about getting the power or any of that stuff. I think that sort of... I understand why they did it, because in today's time, it, it does transcend. But I think back then, when they made the original, it wasn't about, oh, I need to have this power. It was more indulging in your overindulging on your pleasures is and then seeing the box and mess with it. now they're going to harp on that and then they're going to take their i guess i get now wouldn't say revenge it's more of take their i guess their uh what's the word i'm looking for their, their pleasure in, in doing what they're going to do to you yeah so it, it i'm gonna tell you the vibes that it gave off it gave off like puppet master vibes 
from a standpoint of you wanting something and not not wishmaster not puppet master wishmaster yeah, wish they throw it off wishmaster vibes where like you you your wish comes true but it comes with like a like a caveat that you don't necessarily want you know what i'm saying like and and that's what i i got from this movie it was very wishmaster like uh you could change the name title on it and it'll still be the same I do. I, I think Wishmaster is a very underrated movie. A lot of people haven't seen Wishmaster. I wish they would. It, I think it, it dies right. I thought it was one. a blockbuster. Was it not a blockbuster like Hellraiser? I don't think it was. They made like six of them. Yeah, but they, don't, they made like six Puppet Master movies too. And Puppet Master is not a blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, like, yeah, true. again, during the horror phase, you can do all that long as it makes it's money back plus a little more you can do more but i think do i do like wishmaster i think it before what the newer one it's all about if you indulge if you ask for too much or think you it's the easy way out things can always backfire i think that was the whole thing with wishmaster not getting your way but you can also say thing with leprechaun still in gold all that kind of stuff getting wishes as well a lot of the horror movie tropes back in the time or back in those days when they were making those movies had very similar stories like that so i wouldn't say it's a new story i would say i don't i don't really like the whole aspect that uh there's somebody much bigger and badder than the pinhead and you never see them or see anything like that and they're just and i think my problem with this it's, they're supposed to be in hell, but the thing's descending from heaven. So it didn't really make much sense, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. I didn't really understand what they were going for with that visual. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like it should have came from the ground, but I guess yeah. maybe there could be hell. Who knows? Whatever. Yeah. It is, it, it is, it, there was a lot of questions I still had, even with the backstory. There's still a lot of questions that are unanswered. I don't know if they were going to plan to make a sequel. I think my biggest gripe was I just didn't feel as as if the Cenobites and the uh, Pinhead were as terrifying as they were in the original. I felt like they looked more menacing, and Pinhead actually did more than the Pinhead did in this one, which I think that played into the terrifying aspect of Pinhead. Speaking of Pinheads, speaking of Pinheads, some perfect transition. Oh, no, no. One second, one second, one more. One last thing about that movie. Also, the voice, did it not sound like uh, when Pinhead talked, it sounded like Bane from The Dark Knight? Well, it, a female Bane. Not like yeah, but I'm saying, it's, it's a not female like Bane. Bane. Yes. There are same, times same where you voice, can't understand same. what they're saying. Yes. It, yes. it was so yep. frustrating to me. I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah. Hey, 2022, man. Like this, the mumble rap. When mumble rap came into existence and people could understand what they were saying, it was all solely the beat. It also impacted the entertainment and Hollywood business for villains alike. So yeah, I you, that comes so with that. Yeah. Frustrating. I know we were going to talk about Halloween. We're going to put it off another week, even though it would have been great yeah. to talk about Halloween on Halloween. But yeah, time yeah, was yeah. supposed I to know. be here to talk I know about we it. Gonna so do- we got to wait again. We Hellraiser. That's what we talked about. And yep. we raising hell today. And again, speaking of Pinhead and Hellraiser, that title, all this applies to Kanye West. And <laughs> I was going to try not to have this conversation, but because we're a podcast that focuses on everything 
that hits the news, we are going to talk about Kanye West. But before we talk about Kanye, Gary, before we talk about the pinhead and the Hellraiser, that some that. people think that Kanye is, I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna shelve that real quick, and I wanna. I wanna ask you a question, Gary. Can I? And I've asked this question before. Can I accept the art of somebody without accepting the person and the values that come with it? One thousand percent. If you can't separate somebody's art or anything, art, music, films, uh, drawings, whatever you want to be, whatever it is that they do that they're famous for, from who they are as a person, I think there's something wrong with you. I don't think you need to combine the two. You don't, you don't like, like, I'm never going to erase Michael Jackson's catalog from my playlist. I, that's just, his music's too good. Like, I don't, I, Whatever he was as a person, I, I, I get what you say. <laughs> no, I'm saying whatever whatever he was as a person that has yeah. no bearing on the music. The music right. is amazing, like, and th- that's that's just how it should be. Like, if if there was an, a famous artist, if if it comes out in next year that Leonardo da Vinci, one of the famous painters or something, they find a hidden diary and he was just terrible, horrible person. Are we going to get rid of all of his paintings? No. Like it's still amazing art. Like you don't do like I just don't think you cancel somebody's work, not even the life work, but just like what they're what they're putting out that is amazing. If you like it because and they're a terrible person, it doesn't make you a bad person for liking what they created. Now you don't have to like the person and still like the music or the artwork or whatever it is, the films they're in, and not like the person. Like Army Hammer, for example, he had all this stuff with his supposedly like a. I guess like eat says said always said he like to eat people and crap like that. He's an actor. Like he's not a great actor. Like, but if I like one of his movies, I can separate who he is and from his acting. I, I can say I like his movie. I don't mean right. I have to like him as a person. I think you can one thousand percent separate the two. I don't think you hey, I'm not listening to him. It's a protest of that person. I, what is that? That's not gonna affect it's really not gonna affect him because a lot of people aren't going to. If the music's okay. good, if the film's good, they're still going to watch it, listen to it. If it's artwork's good, they're still... Again, that's my thing. What happens if... My question would be... My response would be to that whole thing. What happens if, in 20 years, Michelangelo, we find out a hidden diary or hidden paperwork that t- says he's a horrible person? Are we going to destroy the Sistine Chapel? Because no. he painted it. Like, it's his famous work. Can we not... We, got to, we have to separate the two. Sorry. We have to destroy all that paper, all that work that he's done. Like, no, you're not going to do that. I, I don't think it. I don't think you understand what's going on here, Gary. We we get the, we're free to pick and choose what we're upset about and what we're not. Yes, I. Agree. Uh, I'm not talking about cancer culture. I'm just talking about us as people. And, no, I, and I think you have the right to do it without. You should not be judged by anybody. Because I will tell you, so many times I have people have mentioned, "Hey, you're listening to Michael Jackson. He's a terrible. Michael Jackson's music's amazing." I don't care about him as a person. The, the reason the, the, the reason why I asked you that question, Gary, is because I'm shelving I shelved the Kanye West talk for a minute. Because I asked you that question because it was leading up to something else. I don't know if you saw this and if you need time to to Google and look up. Kyrie Irving got asked a question when he was sitting after the after the basketball game. Kyrie got asked a question. He was promoting a book of somebody that was anti Semitic. 
And he was saying, look, I don't support this guy's views or anything like that, but this is a good book. This is a good book. And it has nothing to do with the anti-sentimism that he talked about or that he referenced or anything like that. But because you see what I'm saying? Like he, he was asked like, Hey, I I'm not promoting anti-sentimism uh, or uh, I'm not, I'm, I said that all jacked up. No, you did. Yeah. I like, I'm not, I'm uh massaging. I'm not, I'm not doing any of that stuff. But what I'm saying is, is that this book right here has helped me potentially through some dark times has helped me through, but, and they're saying, well, the author is a horrible person. He, and he's, he's much, it, it's interesting because I, I mean, I understand both perspectives and it's interesting, but I, I want to hear your take on that. That's why I asked you, so, can you be a, a a fan of the art or like, because what if, what if we come out later, like it has with Dr. Seuss, where they remove some of his books because some of his books were not that he said anything racial, but it can be taken as something racist due to the times. They taken some of his books off the shelves. There are some people that said Dr. Seuss was like a bad person. If it came out that Dr. Seuss was a bad person, Okay, he is a bad person. He's awful, but his books are really good. Correct. Well, so and, I'm asking you, so, like, what in this situation, like, how do you handle this? Uh, they have their own opinion. They're allowed to have their own opinion, and I'm going to tie to so many different things right here, but it makes so much sense. So you have Huckleberry Finn. They say the N word in the book multiple times. Right. What is it? So, numbers or numerous? What was the N? I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, I can't say. Uh, <laughs> everybody knows what that word is. But that book's not banned. It could be seen as racist because it says the N-word. Is it racist? No, it's talking about the time the book was written, what word was being thrown around during this stuff. It's not that it's all right to say it. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. But that people try to spin it to that. But they're not canceling that book. Like you said, Dr. Seuss. Certain yes. Dr. Seuss stuff could be seen because of a certain drawing in the book. And books are being canceled. If somebody likes the book, that doesn't mean they like the drawing. They mean they like the book. It doesn't mean they like anything that's in the book. They don't have to like what the book stands for to like a book. American History X, they do some terrible things to people of color in that in that movie. But that doesn't yeah. mean if you like the movie, you want to do that stuff. People don't. Uh, I see what you're saying. I see yeah. what you're going then, with. If, yeah. if you want it, like, people aren't. People aren't Christians. People aren't Muslim. People aren't Islam. People aren't Judas, uh, Judaism. People aren't Buddhist. Because you read and want to understand the other books, doesn't make you a bad person. Like if I'm a, if I was a Christian and I want to read the Quran and read about it and learn about it, and somebody caught me reading the Quran that was another Christian, can they call me out for reading it and want to learn? No. I have the right to read and understand what, what, things. Doesn't that's not make me, doesn't make me I have to believe it. Gary, that's that's not what that's not what we're doing here, Gary. That's not what we're doing here. It's not, it's never when something is good that it's okay. It's when something's bad. Well, is again, when dependent depend on who sees you. If somebody doesn't want thinks thinks uh the Quran is a terrible uh book and the religion is all fake, then they're gonna say, Oh, that's terrible. Why are you reading that? Aren't you a Christian? And then it's determined on the interpretation of somebody. And that's gotcha. the problem. Gotcha. We're, we're allowing somebody's interpretation of what you think to be the all being. It's not. You ask the person themselves if you want to understand. And I think they asked Kyrie, and Kyrie's like, 
I I write the book. That's all. It doesn't mean I I stand for what he, what he <laughs> believes. That's, well, that's exactly what he, he said. said. Is I read like, the book. I read the book. It doesn't mean I yes. agree with what he says. What if he wanted to read a book just to see what it was about? Like that doesn't make him wrong. To now, you can yeah you can question. Oh, should he have tweeted it out or should he have liked it or whatever? That if you want to talk about that, that's fine. But that's on him. He can do what he wants, and he's allowed to do that. That doesn't mean he is that way. And I think we throw around labels like it's nobody's business, and labels nowadays have such a negative effect and can truly affect people. Again, the whole thing with Kyrie getting in, uh, uh, Kyrie with the vaccine thing, when he had sit out and stuff like that. And then everybody's, I believe there was just a, a Supreme Court ruling where everybody that got laid off in New York are now allowed to return back paid for what the time they missed because of the vaccine mandates were deemed unconstitutional or something like that. They're yes. going to get fired. Well, will Kyrie get his money back for missing the games there and all that kind of stuff. So like, it, it's just interesting that how things change over time, but I think we well, it, out labels too easily and labels nowadays can be a death sentence to people and their careers and anything they're trying to do because somebody feels a certain way. I do have an actual question after this for you that was posed to me by somebody we both know, but I'll ask you the question afterwards. Okay. I, I honestly believe that there's a lot of, there's still a sector of people that is still disappointed in Kyrie taking a stance and not to get vaccinated last year. And this just doubles down on like the whole book thing. Like we just don't like you at this point. Uh, Kyrie, it has nothing to do with you as a, as a basketball player. You like from here on out, Kyrie Irving doesn't have that, uh, individuality where it's like, Hey, we're going to deem everything that you do like as a one-off type situation. So now you're like a, you're a problem. Now you're showing a history of being a problem and how you showing the history of being a problem is because I see this history. Hey, first, you didn't want to get vaccinated. All you got to do is get vaccinated. Team, 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 team. You letting your team down. You damn you as a person and damn this being just a phase in your life. Because after you done playing basketball, these 15 or 20 years, you got to live another 60 or 70 years without it. So it's 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 interesting. It's 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 always interesting when they hold us to standards that um and when I say us I'm just talking about athletes, anybody that's on TV, anybody that's not you, hold them to different standards than they hold themselves. That's where they're wrong. Well, it's because everybody sees, oh, if this person's on TV, they have a different standard, they need to be a certain way, which people are allowed to be themselves. You right. Sure and 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 that's the thing. People, we're not allowed to be ourselves nowadays. You have to tiptoe around everything because you may offend somebody. Yeah, it's 2022. But but you got to understand this, though, Gary. All those years where you were able to be offensive, those years are over. So now that you were able to be offensive during those years when they were allowed, then how can you come back in 2022? I'll, I'll, I'll give you some examples and stuff. There's There's some stuff that... I totally disagree with. Now, hear me out when I say this. I totally disagree in 2022 that you can be able to do a comedy joke or bid or anything about the LGBT community in terms of what they've gone through in the past. I do disagree that in the past, even though there was no rules or it was accepted or all of that, 
Like, it seems like everybody was just, like, they just accepted it. Very similar to slavery and all the other things that happened back in those days. Just because it was okay then does not make it okay now. However, I understand that back in those days, there was a different set of rules and, and you handle things. I don't think that you should have to apologize for something that you did then that was okay that's not okay now. So I'm in the side where I think comedy is excluded. You can do what you want in comedy. If you're, if you're I, going, I, I can't. So the reason, you, home, the reason you why can't I say get, that, you can't, home, you can't. Say, the reason you why can't. I say that is because we allow you can do what you want in movies. Without I, I, I understand everything that you're saying, Gary, but you have to understand since, and, and this is going to be the question that I was going to ask you since Will Smith smacked the shit out of Chris Rock, when, What's I don't think people understood how how gigantic that was, and and the reason why I say how gigantic that was, and I'm getting goosebumps talking about it because Chris Rock got smacked by Will Smith, two of the biggest people in entertainment in the comedy industry, in that industry, Gary, in that industry. So if anybody can take a joke, you would think Will Smith would be able to take a joke. So the fact that he got up and he did what he did, he killed comedy. He killed it. So for well, you to say, for you to say comedy, I think is off limits. You do know that Will Smith did stand up. Will Smith made his whole career off of being funny for him to get up there and smack him. He ended that. He ended that. You, th That's why it was so monumental and everybody was like, man, it wasn't that big. But it's big as hell. That's, that's very... That's like uh, Dave Chappelle getting up smacking somebody about a joke that they said that was up there live. Like, you, you kill comedy. See, but see, my problem is, like, I, that should have never happened. Like, comedy is comedy. Now, it obviously, did, though, Gary. It I, did. I know that. But I, that's why he had the repercussions. I don't think Chris Rock is going to stop doing comedy like that. Like, because, again, comedy, the whole purpose of comedy is you're you're making fun of other people and you're telling stories. Now, long as you're not like blatantly hating on other people in comedy, that's different. But most co comedians, they're not hating; they're just telling jokes. None of their stuff is actually what they stand for. Now, you can say certain people may stand for when they talk about religion and stuff, because some of the com uh, comedians are atheists. So yeah, they one thousand percent believe what they're saying, but it in they're then in a comedic aspect. So Ricky Gervais. He's a prime example. He's he's atheist. He doesn't believe in God, so he makes a ton of jokes about that kind of stuff. But he had one of the best speeches, uh, not speeches, but I guess hosting at the I guess at the Golden Globes years ago. And they'll never bring him back. And, and they'll well, never he already bring said him back. he's never doing it again, anyways, because he saw how the climate was. He's like, this isn't fun. This is stupid that we're doing this. And he still does comedy. He does comedy the way he wants, and he still does it. And he still he still makes tons of money because of his comedy because. There's a lot yeah. of people outside. The, the problem is, I think a lot of it is outside of the U.S. Things are accepted with comedy that, uh, more than they are in the, in the U.S. I do. Th I feel like that is part of the thing because I think we are being so, we we are leading the whole cancel culture and the change in the world as the U.S. is the leaders of that. I don't think a lot of the other countries care as much as we do about certain things, but obviously I some some of it's bad, some of it's good. So you could take so, some so, and leave some. So so here's the thing, Gary. And, and and I know you have a huge problem with cancel culture. 
and, and I, I don't have a problem with cancel culture. I'm going to tell you why I don't have a problem with cancel culture. Until uh, you get canceled, then you'll have a problem. Just, 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 just listen to what I'm saying. I, I, I feel like every mechanism has its place in the world. For far too long, people have been saying things and getting away with it without suffering the repercussions of what it is that they've said. Right? Let's just, let's just get there. Right. Before, cancel, before cancel culture was a thing, we didn't have this mechanism to silence anybody Anything that they said, it, it, regardless of what they said, how they said it, whether they was misogynist, whether they were uh, uh, racist, uh, any of them isms that's bad, we, we had nothing to fight against it. Well, along comes cancel culture, and cancel culture puts us in a place to where now there's repercussions for things that you say. What we didn't take in consideration, very much like the internet and all these other new things that come into to place, is that everything that's, that's put in place for good can also be used for bad. And they have taken cancer culture and made it to where it stretches across a wide, a wide range of things, regardless of how small the thing is that you say versus how big the thing that you say. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of how big you are in the industry. So cancel culture has its place in in American history in any place for that matter. I just think that we're too quick to judge and cancel people before doing a thorough investigation. Like, okay, all right, it's either a hundred percent cancel or none. That's how cancel culture is right now. It's not like uh we go and that's what we didn't know going into this. Like we we saw it as a great thing. And a positive thing when it first came out to where now everybody's sick of cancel culture because they're canceling people's favorite artists, they're canceling people's favorite Hollywood actor or or singer or whatever the case may be for the smallest of things when it was put in place to cancel those that were doing things on a larger scale that was putting targets on backs of uh, marginalized minorities. So it's, it's, it's very interesting how well, cancel culture evolved. And like you said, like, People are canceled for can be fake things, things that actually didn't happen. And people just said they did. You can be canceled for it. And I think that's the problem with cancel culture. It's not that people can be canceled for if you say terrible things. Yeah, I'm fine with them being canceled, but not if something's not unfounded and there's something behind it. But again, you can be canceled if you offend two people. If they're the right people, you offended, you can be canceled. Right. So then right. that's the problem I have. Like, if you only offend two people in the whole world, but they happen to be the right p- two people, you can be canceled. That should not happen. Like, but Gary, every everything we've had this conversation before on this podcast, everything that's that's put in place for good, the internet, getting gas, every everything that you love to do, come with this negativity or come with this its pros and cons. There's nothing out there. Even if you was to eat something good or drink something good or do something good that's supposed to be good for you, if you do it enough or too much, it'll be bad for you. Well, so so the biggest problem is like, so I could say uh, vegan is terrible. Vegan's horrible. They're terrible people, all that kind of stuff. You could say all that stuff. They could get really mad and go create things, say stuff that if I was working, go tell my work employer I did all this stuff, I disrespect all these people, and I could get fired over literally nothing. That literally is nothing, but I could get fired and lose my job over it. That is the problem with cancel culture. Right. That's the problem and, I and, 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 and right. And, and I understand. I'm just saying that there's a place 
I agree. There is There's a place, a place for in everything. Some, in some but I'm aspects, just letting yeah. you know that 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 cancer culture at first in so, its <laughs> natural habitat was put in place to to punish those that said egregious things that put targets on the and backs of those that didn't have right. Yeah. So this actually ties into the exact question I'm going to ask. That, that was a perfect, I don't know how you knew that was going to be the question, but here it is. So I was, I was called and asked this as a discussion point. So I want to know what you would do in this situation. Okay. This was actually on a TV show. Okay. Uh, you may have seen it, but don't say if you have, okay. I want to know how you would handle this. So a 16 year old daughter was dating a 19 year old. Now it happened to be a black guy. It's whatever. It doesn't matter the color, but it happened to be black because they were in this show. And the dad found out the uh, 16-year-old was dating the 19-year-old. I've seen and, this show. I'm and sure. grounded her, got her in trouble, all this, put her in trouble, restriction, all this kind of stuff. But it was because of the age gap. Nothing to do with the, the race of the character, of the, of the, yeah. the 19-year-old. But it's because he's 16 and 19 and had a problem with that. Grounded, and then the daughter goes on social media and says, her dad is racist because she doesn't want me to date a. Can I can I can I tell the TV show? No, no, I don't want people to know. Uh, okay. So I want uh, they have to look it up if they want to find out. Um, okay. So says race. He gets fired. Wife gets banned. All this stuff. Every his whole family's destroyed because of a lie by a sixteen-year-old. That is cancel culture in the in the nutshell how it works nowadays. But how would you handle that if that was your daughter? And you were and you and you grounded and they created a false lie about you and posted on social media and caused you to lose everything. What would you do in that situation? That's a tough one, Gary. That's a tough <laughs> situation to be in, man. That is an awful situation to be in. Mm -hmm. Uh I that's tough, man, because throughout American history, throughout just history, period, whatever country or world you've been in. Uh, there's been wars and all types of fights among communities and families off of lies or yes. exaggerated or stretched truths. So I, that's a tough, I, I don't, I don't have an answer for you here. I, I, I really don't like you can't fix it once it's out there. You, you would right. hope that you have a relationship. Think, so what would you do to your daughter in that situation? Well, you would hope that you got a relationship stronger with your kids or your daughter or your family members that they won't but you're put a lie out like that. Year old that is that is full rebellion because that's at that's, that's what teenagers what are. They rebel. That's what. Yeah, that's so. What she like, was. how would you handle that? Like, how would how do you handle that situation? Like me personally, I I, I say this. I don't have kids, so it's it's easy for me to say this. I would say, well, that's fine. If you if you if you think you know everything better than me, who is the parent who runs this household, yeah. you can go live with with your boyfriend, and you see how that goes, and then we'll go there, and then you don't have to worry that's, about coming back here because you want to create false lies and destroy your family. Then so be it. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, and because I know the TV show that you're talking about, I, like he never he never touched her. He correct. never touched her. The 19-year-old never touched the 16. You don't know this in that situation. As a parent, you don't know this. Right. You don't you don't know it. Cause I at I when I saw it, I was like, man, hold up, man. This is that's a that's a in some states that's bad, but because of the the three years so, or whatever. Hold on, hold it. I don't think I don't think 16 should be consent in any state, personally. I know where it took place, it consent 16 is legal. Wait, what? I don't think 16 year old is able to consent at all in any state with a, somebody. Uh, so it, 
like he never touched her. The the three year age gap, I was like, oh, I, I, I was, but again, you would hope as a father, like that, that they know that hey, you do realize like I'm supporting you. So this lie that you're about to tell or that you told has affected us all. But do you think a 16 year old, male or female, wouldn't matter, is going to actually care and think about that because? Yeah. They're, they're at that age. They're rebellious. You're about to hit that age soon, so we'll see if your daughter has that rebellious age and phase. So, okay, all right. I mean, you know, I'm again. I hope she see me as an ally and not because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I definitely don't want to go to war with any of my kids. Because I mean, at this point already, I'm losing battles. So just imagine if they wanted to really go to war, it'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you talked about that. What, what, what do I want to go with this? Oh, uh, I, we can, we can tie it back to the Kanye stuff. But yeah, we still, cause we still hadn't talked about Kanye. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there because it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I have scoured the internet trying to figure out like, like Kanye, Kanye West has said some crazy things. Um, I, he's, he's slavery was a choice. Uh, I understood both perspectives when he said that he was he he was saying, hey, slaves didn't have to be slaves. They could have just said, hey, no, I don't want to be a slave and died. Obviously, you know, we get that, Kanye, but that's not how the world works. Um, but but I get what he was trying to say. He's he says some other things that put targets on the back of the minorities or or marginalized people. So it's 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 always interesting when we talk about. Kanye, uh, because I, I I was reading through a bunch of like social media posts and I I found something that was very interesting because Kanye came out and said that he was like I worked this hard I worked you know my ass off to be the billionaire that I am to have a voice right and he said when I talk you guys don't want to hear my voice so like. He was saying, what's the point in being where I am if I don't have a voice? So it, it led me to, it, I, I thought about this, Gary. I thought I had a chance to think about this. Um, again, I don't agree or disagree with Kanye. I'm just, I'm talking about what he said in terms of he working this hard to get a voice. And, it, and I thought about it. I was like, man, you know, you can get big enough to where you really can't say certain things. You can't say certain things. However, you can't be small enough because when you're small enough, you don't have a voice. So nobody's listening to you. But when you do have a voice, they want you to use your voice for positivity because when you use it for negativity, we got this thing in place called cancer culture that can now remedy us from something that we used to didn't have a remedy for. You see what I'm saying? You see how it all ties in together? Yeah. So with that being said, about Kanye, he did say um, when he was talking about because George Floyd, when George Floyd went down, Kanye said, you know, about the knee in the back, he didn't really apologize or anything like that. However, in the wake of losing all his deals and stuff like that, he said, I too now feels know what it feels like to have a knee in the back of my neck. I, I was like, this Kanye is like the biggest troll job ever in American history, bro. In American history, I'm asking you, Kanye West, cancel culture. When we cancel Kanye, 
the shoes, the fashion, the the artists, um, all these things that he are to us, right? Who truly wins? Uh, I don't think anybody's actually winning. Um, I think so. Here, here would be that would lead me to a rebuttal I, I'm, question. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what the end so game is. Here, here would be my rebuttal question, and I'll give my response after you answer the question. How long do you think all his stuff will be canceled? They said that they will, but as far as again, like our country runs on making money. Yes. Companies run on making money. Yeezys make a crap load of money. Yeah, DJ's cut tie. But how long until another shoe company decides to do it? Or a unknown shoe company decides to do it. And then Yeezys are the biggest shoe thing. And he's he's still not going to lose his uh, his whole thing when it comes to fashion. He's not going to lose it when it comes to the shoes, his music. His fans are still going to listen. The people that like his clothes are still going to buy it. People that love his shoes are still going to buy it. That's not going to change. He's just going to have to find a different partner. And what he's probably going to do, he's going to outsource. He's going to go to another country and have them be the ones that create it because other countries are going to be, all right, we'll let you do it. And I think that's what you're going to see from him. And I see, I think you're going to see him end up getting all that stuff back. Obviously, he probably won't get certain things back, but he's still going to end up eventually getting fashion, his fashion stuff going. He's not going to lose his shoe thing. That's still going to be a thing he's still going to have because right now, there's still, that's, right now that's the highest selling shoe right now. You can get is is a Yeezy shoe. Now, yeah. for, but now, agree. Do I think he should have said things? He said? No, he should not have. But like he got, he has to live with the repercussions of what's going on right now. And do I think it continues for the rest of it? No, I think it's right now. It's a hot button topic. I think in two months, if he doesn't do something else to make it bigger and bigger. I think it'll eventually go away, and I think you're going to see a smaller company step in because they know how much money they're going to be able to make. And I think that's the thing is, right now, nobody's going to touch them because it's a hot-button topic. But I think in the future, they're going to be like, oh, yes, we will. Because if you've seen, there's been plenty of people that have issues that pop up, and then you give it some time, and then they always come back because it's all okay. about making money. And in our, in our world, it's all about what you can do for a company making them money. And if you're able to make them a ton of money, billions of dollars – you, you, they're going to end up bringing you back to make that money. So I got the, I got a question that I got to ask you, Gary. And, I, and if you don't understand it, like, I'll, I'll help you understand it. But I'm just going to flat out ask you, do you think in this world today, there are certain sectors of people that you can attack and there's certain sector of people that are completely off limits? No matter yes. what you say about them, your ass is getting canceled. It is over. Yes, I, I think that is that's a fact. Do you think the group that he was talking to is one of those untouchables? Yes. Okay. Well, and I think you brought a prime example of what you said earlier. Yes. When when Kanye talked about our uh when he said uh slavery was a choice, he didn't get canceled over that. No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't get he didn't get canceled over the George Floyd thing. So uh, I think I think yeah. and I'm not saying it has, I'm just saying in general I think because there are certain groups you're not allowed to attack and yes. I think that is a thing and he did he chose the wrong thing I don't, I don't think you can say negative about him like never I don't think anybody should say negative about anybody but it right. happens but yeah. I think yeah there are some that are very off limits okay all right just real quick because I I can't get away from this bro. And I was waiting on time to get here. We got to talk a little bit of football. 
but we're going to only focus on one football game and one football game alone, man. Because I guess it's the uh, Panther yep. game. <laughs> yes. You talked all last week. I We had to hear. I had to avoid conversations about P.J. Walker. I had to do everything. Well, guess what? The running back stepped up yesterday, and he had a phenomenal game. Everybody was talking about and, and I was watching this happen, Gary. I was watching it happen live. I'm watching the Carolina Panther game, and I am watching this young man run up and down this field, 100-plus yards, over three touchdowns. They're talking about, you know, screw CMC this, screw CMC that, because I've been in this position before where you either get traded or you get cut, and everybody holds you to the value of the man that gets your job after you. So in steps, uh, Deontay, um, can't think of it. More, what is Foreman? It? Foreman. Foreman. I, I see. I was saying Dante Freeman because it was it's really cr- really close. So, uh, Foreman in comes Foreman. He steps in. He has a phenomenal game. Uh, everybody's coming at CMC's neck, and then he double downs at four twenty five. Gary, absolutely. Like, hey, I'm Christian McCaffrey, and like I'm always be CMC. Had a stellar game. And shut all that nonsense down. But going back to the Carolina Panthers, a lot of people will say, "What? What is the difference between a Philadelphia Eagles seven and O team, and what's the difference between a two and five team like the Carolina Panthers?" I'm gonna tell you what the difference is. It has nothing to do with play, but it has everything to do with minimizing and limiting your mistakes. The Carolina Panthers had four or five chances to win this football game, Gary. Uh, And we can start by just the extra point to win the game in regular, in, in, in regulation where we get a score, the wide receiver takes his helmet off, get penalized 15 yards. They move him back. It's 34, 34. He goes in to kick the extra point and he misses it. It's 34, 34. They go in uh, the hat. I mean, the overtime they're playing in this overtime game, Gary. They've had a couple opportunities to win it. They kick a field goal to win the game, Gary, and the kicker missed the field goal. Missed the field goal. But guess who ends up costing them the game, though, Gary? Yeah, the receiver. <laughs> it's funny. Everybody, this is this is what this is why I want to have this conversation, Gary. My father-in-law, we get up this morning and we having this conversation. He said, Man, did you see that Carolina Panther game? I go, yes, I see in that Carolina Panther game. He goes, that damn wide receiver, I would cut him. And I go, what? You would cut him? He was like, yeah, he cost him the game. I said, he didn't, it wasn't him that missed the kick. It wasn't him. Just because I put you in a bad situation, Gary, you get paid just like I do. As a kicker, they pay you to make kicks. Correct? Correct? Are we we in agreement? That is correct. We, We pay you to make these kicks. So in the event that I was to take my helmet off and celebrate and do what it is I do and we get a 15-yard penalty, that does not make your job any harder, any easier, because you are paid to kick these things, whether it's 50 yards, whether it's 40 yards, whether it's 17, whether it's 23. I understand that everybody's job is difficult and hard, but we are paying you said amount of money to make these kicks. And in the event that you don't make these kicks, it's not on me. It's not my fault we lost. It's not my fault we lost. 
why are you putting it on me for taking my helmet off celebrating a tie game? Because I've had a very difficult game all game, Gary. I hadn't been able to get open. I've had to listen to all this stuff from people. And not only that, I know that this game right here, if we win this game right here, we are in first place in our division. Now, if we lose this game, we back down to where they thought we was. And it, we could either be first by winning this game or we're going to be last by losing this game. And obviously, they end up and lost it. I'm asking you, who fault was that on the loss in Carolina 37 to 34? It was time salt for not being there. Um, you gave me a lot to unpack there. So I got a bunch of things I'm going to hit on that. So okay. I'll get to whose fault it was at the end, but I'm going to talk okay. about other stuff first. So you mentioned Foreman going off. Yes. And people saying, oh, we don't need CMC. Now, I remember I did say last week, I said, you may see a better offense because they're not forcing the ball because, to McCaffrey. Yes. yes. So because now they can spread it out. Yes. Now, you everybody that say it all, oh, we didn't need McCaffrey. Foreman can do it. He has to do it week in, week out. You know yes. McCaffrey can do it week in, week out. You don't know if Foreman can do it week in, week out. So, again, just like you said with Sam Darnold last year, hold your reservations. Give it the rest <laughs> of the season. See what happens before you yeah. nominate him as the guy, the Christian McCaffrey replacement, because he has to be able to recreate it multiple times. Yes, he had a great game. It's also the Falcons. Yes, the Falcons are in first place in a very bad division right now that the Bucks are still going to win. I'm still sticking to that. But uh, you still you said the Bucks. You said yeah. the Bucks. We're gonna see. But we're they're a see. very bad division right now. The team, the teams in that division are not very good. Now New Orleans destroyed the Raiders, which no, I don't think anybody really saw. But hey, the division's still not very good. So again, hold hold your reservations. Give it some time before you start nominating him as the next Christian McCaffrey. Uh, there's a reason this- why he's been on multiple teams. Just to let you know, Christian McCaffrey did the same numbers as Foreman did against the Rams. Well, and he also had a uh, <laughs> triple. He had a, a triple double. No. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. For the cycle, whatever they want to call, throwing, catching, and, re- and rushing. Yes. Uh, so I think you'd love that in Carolina too. But yes, it also yes. I think that's also because of the coaching. The coaching Matt Rule being gone helps. People don't understand that. Uh, they're just Matt Rule's offense was not tailored to anything. We don't know what it would have been like if Matt Rule wasn't there with McCaffrey. Then you wouldn't be pre pre uh, given all this Chris McCaffrey hatred and Foreman love. Now Foreman did great, yes. Don't get me wrong, but again, hold your reservations. Make it sure it keeps getting done. Okay. Uh, PJ Walker, three seventeen, babe. I told you, let's keep going. PJ How many Walker. touchdowns though? One. Okay. All right. I mean, I I just they always ran the they, ran the I, they ran the ball a lot. They yeah. ran the ball a lot, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. But he still it, threw for 370. I haven't seen uh, Baker do that in Carolina yet. I'm yes. just saying. Okay. <laughs> so, so now, us in – oh, go ahead. Oh, you, now I want to go to the, the final point which you asked on who uh, – I have a huge problem with the fans hating on DJ Moore because of him taking his helmet off. Yes, it was a mistake. He shouldn't have done it. Yes, 1,000%. It also shouldn't be a flag because – the loud, the reason they allow so many celebrations now. Why is taking your helmet off a flag, as long as you're not in the field of play? Don't understand that either. But hey, whatever. NFL, multiple things don't make sense. But again, this guy has literally was your main receiver the whole game. He's the reason why you were in the game that long with the running back. He had six catches for 152 yards. Like, 
he was your your guy. And you're going to hate on him. You're going to think he actually wants him to play for y'all. You think he wants to keep staying there. You think he's not wanting trades now because of all the hate he's probably going to be getting after that. Like, y'all, everybody acts like these players are immune to, like, this stuff. They should just deal with it. But they don't understand it does take a toll on players eventually and, and players' families. But it's whatever. That's You have the right to say what you want to say as a fan, too. So I'm not taking that away either. Uh, but do I think it's DJ Moore's fault? No, I think it's Carolina Panthers' fault. They had multiple chances to win the game. They gave up 37 points in the game. They scored 34. 34 should win you the game. Yes. Defense is supposed to be the, the strong point of the team, and the defense was not the strong point of the team. So uh, it's the team's fault, not one player's fault. And I know everybody, because it's highlighted by the media, oh, he took his helmet off and calls him, and the kicker makes your point. It's not the kicker's fault either. It's the team's fault. Yes, kicker should make the kick. Yes, DJ Moore should have But that's not the reason they lost the game. They lost the game because they gave up more points because as a team they didn't play good enough to win. That is it. It's simple and plain. Everybody wants to give scapegoats, pick players. It's their fault, their fault. It's none of their players. It's the whole team's fault that they lost, not one player. It's not ever one player. Now, if it's one player and the ball's thrown to him and the game's on the line, two seconds, and he drops the ball, that's the player's fault because he should have caught the ball and touched that. Actually, no, it's not. It's the team's fault. They shouldn't have been in that position. But you could you have more of an argument if you drop a, a wide-open pass that would win you the game. Now, now it's different if you're being chased, all that kind of stuff. But it's it's the team's fault. It's not one player's fault. Okay. And with that being said, before we before we end this podcast, I'm in this podcast by saying I don't know what's going on with the Browns because I think the Browns has uh, up until yesterday because uh, I <laughs> I forget about that monster over there in Tennessee. Uh, but he obviously, yeah, Nick Chubbs, in my opinion, is the most complete running back, like that running back tandem with him and Kareem Hunt over there in Cleveland. I expect them to have 150-plus yards every time they step on the field. Question, does Kareem Hunt get traded before the deadline on Wednesday or Tuesday? Uh, yes. I think yes. so, too. Yes, he's, he's going to get traded. But if if I'm him, I want to get traded to a team that – I want to get traded to. My question to you is this, and it has nothing to do with like the Browns or anything like that. And I think I know how you feel about this. Pittsburgh Steelers right now, awful, awful. Can't get out of their set. Can't get out of their way. And every year, whether Coach Tomlin is making it to the Super Bowl, fighting in the playoffs, his job is always on the line. I have yet to hear. Somebody say anything about Bill Belichick this year. And they hadn't played well at all. My question to you, my question to you, two questions. One, who's the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers next year? And why is Coach Tomlin's job always up for grabs when it seems like things are rocky for that team is it history like is it the fan base like saying hey um you know we want more we're ex- i mean cower when he was here he did this 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 and it because there's still people that say that coach tomlin first super bowl came off of the heels of bill cower's team that he put together that that tomlin's never like put a team team himself together and won a super bowl so my question to you is one two questions one who's the Quarterback, I mean, uh, the co- head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers next year. And two, 
why is Coach Tumlin's job always up? Not, not from a, not from a internal or from a GM standpoint, but from a fan base standpoint. You tell me why it's always like that. So Tomlin's the head coach of Pittsburgh next year, um, and I think it's expectations. I think that's the reason why. I think it's more the fan base expectations, because like even with like you mentioned Belichick. Belichick, they have expectations, but they know they lost Tom Brady. So they know they were going to probably hit a rough spot. And I don't know how Pittsburgh fans aren't like, well, we lost ben, Big Ben. Like, how do you not understand? You lost a huge part of your offense. Of well, who well you got to understand, though, Gary, I'm, I'm going to speak for them because I, I, I could kind of speak for them. Yeah. A lot of the, the Pittsburgh still a fan base thought that Ben was just outdated anyway. Like he, he was at wasn't, the end of his career, yeah. Right. That, so they were saying, like, anybody that's new that come in here is going to have to be better than Ben because Ben right now is not playing good football. And even Ben not playing good football is just 8-8. Eight eight. Like, we're not a losing team where we're – you see what I'm saying? We have a losing record. So 8-8 eight eight was my worst record as the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, quarterback. So even eight and eight, we got used to like going to the, very similar to New England, going to the Super Bowls, playoffs every year, having that formidable defense. Uh, sometimes the offense when I was there. So I, I understand expectations, but like this is something different, though, Gary. Like, how is it that that Matt Rule, for instance, uh, is able to stay on a team that awful? Granted expectations may not be where they were with 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 Tomlin and the and the Pittsburgh Steelers and this may be so all expectations and again I'm not trying to get to to I'm not trying to bait you in the sand that it's 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 uh, a, a a racism or a racism thing that's not I'm just talking about the difference between just organization Pittsburgh Steelers Carolina Panthers well and that wasn't ever going to go towards racism because I don't think right. everything is based off race um, again, expectations of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's known for playoffs, championships, being deep and being good. Carolina has only been what twice this Super Bowl. Yes. So like they're and they're a younger, newer franchise. Nineties, mid nineties. Pittsburgh's been around since the sixties, probably earlier. Who knows? Uh, well, I don't know. Um, so like they have so much more of a rich history and they're used to winning. So I think anytime they lose, they're like, oh, well, we need to get something, change something. But I think what people don't understand is Tomlin didn't hire the GM. Owner hires the GM. Yeah. So who makes all the moves? Tomlin can only do what is given to him on the players that he has. He can't do everything because if they let him pick the players, he may not have the players he has. But he only can do so much of what he has. The GM doesn't give him good players. That's the problem I always have with well, now hold up, now Gary. Hold up, now Gary. So basically, what you're telling me is, and 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 I'm I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah. I'm I'm a regular fan just watching this. I'm not I'm not speaking for what I know. I'm speaking from just being a fan. So you're telling me that the the famous Coach Tomlin. And I compare Coach Tomlin and Bill Belichick to being the same. You're telling me that Bill Belichick and Coach Tomlin doesn't have any say so and their organization in terms of making moves on what players they want, what that – I don't even know who the GM is in New England. So, I just know Kraft. Do you know the GM? In, do you in know New the England, GM? Belichick makes decisions because he's been there long enough. Okay, Tomlin, so I don't think, think Tomlin, You don't think Tomlin's making these decisions? I don't. I don't. I, I think because – is it Colbert is their GM, I believe? Yes. I think – so I think he has a lot of pool. Devin Colbert. I, 
And I think a lot of people trust him, and I think he is the one making the decision. Now, Tomlin can put input, but I think it's Colbert's final thing. And Colbert may be swayed by some things Tomlin says, but majority of it is Colbert's decision. Now, Tomlin probably does have a say in certain aspects, but I, I bet he had a say in Najee. I bet he didn't probably have a say in Pickett. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay. So, like, I'm saying, like, he may have a, he might have, like, Pickett could be the future. We don't know. Their their O line is bank is terrible. They need a new, they need to re, they lost so many players in their O line because players retired, injuries, stuff like that. Like, they had that's their first place. They can't even get a run game going, and right. that's what Pittsburgh's known for was yes. their run game. Jerome Bettis, and you like like that's what they were known. Like all this kind of stuff, and then they're not even being able to run. So I think that's a huge part that they got to focus on, and that's something Colbert has. Been. They have the receivers, uh, they have maybe a QB. We'll see. That's time will tell. They have the running back. Their defense isn't the way it used to be. Like they they just haven't rebuilt the team properly. They relied on the players they had that were older, and they're yeah. not playing out. And yeah. that, and I think that's the problem. And I don't know. If that's but again, that's the problem with like a head coach, like. If you have no say in the personnel and the GM, your job is tied to the GM. If the GM, the head coach shouldn't get fired if the GM keeps their job because the GM's building their team. Right. The GM should be fired too. They both should be gone. Now, there are ex- different things. Like you could say Matt Rule, the GM could stay Matt Rule. Well, they, I think the GM got fired too in Carolina, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think he did too. So yeah. I'm saying like you tie yourself to the head coach you bring in, but. If you get if a head if GM gets hired after a head coach, the head coach has to be able to do what he could do with the GM that brings in. But like, the GM should be fired over the head coach if he's trying to do everything. You're doing things right now. If you're obviously calling terrible plays, your OC is doing terrible, your DC is calling terrible plays, and you're not making changes because you are in charge of the coaching staff as the head coach, so you can yeah. change all that. If you're not making those changes and you're just status quo, and y'all are doing terrible and never improving then now you have an argument. But I haven't, like, Pittsburgh won, uh, they beat, they freaking beat Tampa. Like, I know I, Bucks have not been playing well, but they beat the Bucks. Like, and they look decent in that game. So, like, they did. up and downs, and that's the problem. Like, I don't think Tomlin is, is going to be fired. I don't think he should be fired. I think it's all based on the expectations they have, and they have such high expectations in Pittsburgh, which does make it tough. Completely understand. Well, again, we want to thank you guys for joining us on this podcast. Happy Halloween from me, Sugar. Can't say time. Pin, he's not here. Pinhead, Butterball, Chatter in the back. I never knew what her name was. She just a, a Cinnabon. E.T. up there? Yeah, that's E.T. That's a mask from the actual movie. But do you see who that is, though? Yeah, I hate you on that. I hate you on that one. Yeah, he wanted that to one. buy that before him, and he stole it from me. Nope, off the movie make. <laughs> Again, thank you guys for joining us. Happy Halloween. We out. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast, featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast, featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to 